Good morning, and welcome to Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. It's a wonderful Friday, and I hope you've got a great weekend planned. And thank you for joining me for today's podcast. It's hard to believe, but I've been writing a blog now for over 10 years. Quite honestly, sometimes posting a blog is hard. It's tough to write about controversial and divisive issues. Dealing with illegal immigration, for example, that's a tough issue. I think this is one of the reasons people try to avoid the topic. But should we? Should we, as followers of Jesus, avoid difficult issues? Mm, Probably not. About a year ago, I wrote my first blog about uh, world relief and its Welcome the Strangers video. I'd been struggling, wrestling, praying, debating with myself over the topic of immigration, not just illegals, but poorly vetted refugees and random lottery visa winners. I'm not going over the stats and specifics on these matters here, but if you look at Terry McCarthy, blah, blah, blog, uh, hashtag truth matters, you'll find my blogs that deal with those matters, and they are filled with facts and figures and information on illegal immigrants and refugees in our nation. But in today's podcast, I want to discuss what might be at the very heart of the matter. What does it mean for those of us who are Christians, as one author put it, to live a truthful, meaningful, and responsible life in this world filled with landmine issues and topics too hot to handle? I'd like to answer this in a very roundabout way. Hold on, be patient, trust that I know where I'm going, and I promise not to go off on some wild bunny trail. Back in 2002, Daryl and I went to Scotland to meet with Christians who had experienced the Great Hebrides Revival of 1949. This is when Duncan Campbell preached for three years and the Spirit of God moved powerfully on the tiny Isle of Lewis and throughout the Hebrides. Now you're thinking, what on earth does revival in the Hebrides have to do with immigration problems here in the United States? And that's a fair question. But just hold on. I think you might find the answer interesting. I don't know if you remember, but back in March of 2018, President Trump signed a $1.3 trillion omnibus bill. And at the time, it kind of freaked me out. The bill funded a variety of projects that most conservatives, like me, opposed. What I didn't know then, and my son-in-law Kevin assured me Trump had a plan, was that President Trump wasn't selling out. He did indeed have a plan, and fortunately never actually released the funds for objectional projects. But at the time, I didn't know that, and the signing of that bill forced me to think about the Isle of Lewis. And here's why. In the 1940s, the Isle of Lewis, part of the Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland, was suffering from the highest rate of alcoholism in Scotland. There was high unemployment, and the youth of that time were described as careless and worldly. Crime, too, was at an all-time high. Jails were filled to capacity, especially after payday, when men brawled in the streets and spent their hard-earned wages on drinking and gambling, leaving their families penniless. Church attendance on Lewis was way down to only a few elderly congregants on Sunday mornings. 
So they had alcoholism, crime, domestic violence, and a lagging economy. And all of these things held the Hebrides in darkness and bondage. I think many could say, without hope. But on the small Isle of Lewis, there lived two old maid sisters, the Smith sisters. Peggy was 84 and she was totally blind. Christine, 82, was crippled with arthritis. And these were faithful women of God who believed in God's word and believed in prayer. They were greatly burdened because of the appalling state of their country. Because of this burden, they boldly asked God to heal their small island and to send his spirit to revive the church and to use the revival to spread the gospel across Scotland and the world. These were small women of great faith. And God did just what they asked. By November of 1949, after seven years of intense intercession and prayer by the sisters and many people who joined them, the Spirit of God fell on the small village of Barvis, where the Smith sisters lived uh, in the Hebrides. This revival is often called the Hebrides Revival. It lasted from 1949 to 1953. God moved on the hearts of men and women and children under the preaching of evangelist Duncan Campbell. The Spirit of God was so mighty on the small village of Barvis that sailors claimed that they could see fire coming from the village when they were offshore on their ships looking toward it. It was the Spirit of God, Holy Ghost on fire, and it was moving on that village. During the time of the revival, sheep, the ewes, lost no lambs. The jails were emptied. Drinking and alcoholism ceased. Marriages were saved. Domestic violence stopped. People were healed and filled with love for God and love for each other. Local dance halls and drinking establishments closed due to no patronage. In one night, over a hundred young people gave their lives to Christ, just traveling in a bus toward the village. They crossed the village line and the Spirit of the Lord fell on them, and all 100 of those young people gave their lives to Christ. The revival spread throughout the Hebrides and even to the mainland. People came from all over to see God's hand move on this small island community. The Smith sisters held tightly to a verse that the Lord had given them, Isaiah 44.3. I will pour water on him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. They were so burdened for their community that they both decided to spend several hours in prayer twice a week. Every Tuesday and Friday, they got on their knees in prayer at 10 o'clock at night and remained on their knees until 3 or 4 o'clock the next morning. Two old women, one blind, one arthritic, in a very humble cottage in a small village on the Isle of Lewis, touched the heart of God. And as a result, the world would never be the same. And just as Isaiah 44, 3 promised, the whole region was saturated with God. Wherever people were, in the workplace, homes, in the fields, in schools, or on the roads, they were overwhelmed by the presence of God. Water indeed soaked the dry ground, as the Holy Spirit's conviction was poured out in those days. A stream of blessings flowed that brought thousands to Christ. 
The revival spread from Lewis to all of the islands. There was real fruit and fruit that lasted. Missionaries that experienced that great revival of Lewis were sent out to all the world. Daryl and I were privileged to meet several folks back in 2002 who had experienced the 1949 revival. We were asked to speak at the church in Barvis. They hosted a reception for us after. Church members were eager to tell their stories of God moving on their families and on their own individual lives. Each one had a miracle to tell. Their eyes filled with tears as they recalled the daily meetings during the great revival. Each day, followers met for prayer, singing, Bible reading, and fellowship. The small Isle of Lewis began to flourish. Lives were changed, and to this day, the Isle of Lewis doesn't experience the same social and economic problems as the rest of Scotland. So do I want to build a wall to protect our nation's borders? Sure. Am I disappointed in President Trump's decision to sign that omnibus bill? I was, but I found out that he had another plan. But the main thing that it thrusted or forced me to think about in March of 2018 is that political systems will fail us. Not this one. I'm not saying President Trump failed us. I'm not saying that. I think he's a great president. But men and women will fail us. Promises are not always kept. But the lessons I learned from the Hebrides revival are powerful. One, God moves through intense and earnest prayer. Two, God uses the weak and feeble things of this world to do his will. And three, no situation is hopeless. No country, no people group, no spouse, no child. With God, all things are possible. Can this type of revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit happen in our nation today? I'd like to think so. Is there an answer to all the divisiveness, violence, immorality, and disobedience we find in our nation these days? Is there hope? Yeah, because prayer changes things. Prayer changed Peggy and Christine Smith's village and eventually their nation. Prayer can change our nation. It's hard work, and it takes sincere and earnest prayer, but it is possible. Now, are you ready for the real shocker? Peggy Smith and Christine Smith are the great aunts of President Donald Trump, the 45th President of the United States. Really? Yeah. Makes me think God has a plan, and it makes me hit my knees. But when I discovered that those are the great aunts of Donald Trump, I was blown away. And now, nearly two years later, since that omnibus, omnibus bill, President Trump was the first president of the United States to speak at the March for Life in Washington, D.C. He's been the greatest pro-life president in my lifetime. So, I really worried needlessly back in 2018. The wall is going up and he has found creative ways to fund it. And by the way, every nation has the right to sovereign borders. The wall isn't because we hate people, but because we love people and have a moral obligation to protect citizens. 
I believe God has a plan for each person born. Every human being is known to God, and God has a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. I also believe God has a plan for nations. Each unique country with its unique language, people group, culture, and customs. God the Redeemer has a plan for those nations. We see it in Revelation 7-9. John writes, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Nations and peoples and languages, these were all God's idea. He created us and the concept of sovereign nations. I don't believe that God is finished with America. I'd love to see a life-changing revival like they experienced on the Isle of Lewis. There's a cost, though. Just ask those aunties who prayed night and day and cried out to God to move on the hearts and minds of their fellow citizens. Prayer like that is very hard work. But look what happened. God moved. When my heart longs for revival, when my heart cries out for a move of God's Spirit, I think about all the lives that were changed in the Hebrides, and I wonder, could it happen here? Could it happen again? And by faith, I believe it will. Well, that's the end of today's podcast. I've done five in a row this week. This was my first week of casting pods. Thank you so much for joining me. I have signed up to have this podcast published on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. But it's an application process, and it takes a little bit of time, maybe two to three days. But if you want to subscribe, you can do it through podbean.com. And that subscription, which is free, can download to your Android or your smart or your uh, iPhone, and you'll get little notifications every time that a podcast is published. I appreciate you subscribing to this. I think that truth really does matter. Now, just remember, I'm not a professional podcaster, but I play one at my kitchen table. Have a great weekend.